Well, God bless you guys tonight. It's good to be together and uh, so happy you're here. And I have a good word for you. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 18 and we're going to read verse 21 through 35. And I am teaching on the miracle life of forgiveness, the miracle life of forgiveness. And um, the reason I frame it that way is because God has designed us for signs and wonders. And this is actually a, one of those important subjects that uh, if we can really embrace it and understand it, uh, it'll help us along. It'll foster a greater flow of the power of God in our lives. Let me ask you, how many of you would love to see more signs, wonders, miracles, answer prayer, greater effectiveness in your life? God's designed us for that. We aspire to that because he stirred that in our hearts. And... Um, you know, there's a saying, to err is human, but to forgive is divine. And so actually, forgiveness really is of God. It's the gold standard of the Christian life, which is to walk in love. And Jesus prioritizes it to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as you know, but also to love your neighbor and love yourself. Uh, love your neighbor doesn't necessarily mean that we make ourselves a doormat and love yourself of course, does not advocate uh, egotism. But what it is saying is we have to have a right a value system, a correct prioritization where we, we, our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength is all devoted to our creator. We're worshiping him, loving him. That's our, that's our intent. We make that our aim every day. And then it has to translate that vertical commitment then has to translate horizontally to the relationships around us, Right? Because by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Not how good, how good our sound system is. Not how amazing our programs are. Not how um, energized our services are, but our love for one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. When you love one another, value one another, figure out how to work it out. Love on display, and I'm talking about daily Forgiveness, and uh, I've got some definitions for forgiveness if you're a note taker. The Web Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as, number one, to give up resentment of or a claim to requital, to give up resentment of or a claim to requital of, to grant relief from payment. Uh, and number two is to cease to feel resentment against someone. To pardon, to excuse for a fault or for an offense. To pardon or to excuse for a fault or an offense. It off, I wrote some other things down here. To offering sincere apology. Release from liability. To pass over a mistake without demanding punishment. You know, I was thinking about back in the day, there was an actor named Charles Bronson, and he had a... a, a he, he's, he had a career where he, most of his characterizations were vigilante justice or revenge. And I've noticed in um, the filmmaking process that a lot of films will build up the audience to justify resentment uh, so that there's a, 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 you know, a very a harsh payoff on the, on, the, on the bad person, you know. And it's a, it's, a, it's a genre, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that, that people get entertained by. And 
So we, we, as Jesus followers, have to kind of not get desensitized in the world we're in because in Mark chapter 11, and, and I just quoted it a little bit, but in verse 22, Jesus told the disciples to have faith in God. And then he lays out how we flow in that faith. The next verse, 23, he says that we're to speak to our mountains, that, we're, that there's power in, in the spoken word, that the spirit of faith speaks thusly. And then when we believe, we speak. And there's power in, in proclamation. And there's power in speaking God's word. He just proved it as an example by cursing the fig tree. And it died from the roots up. And Peter and the disciples asked him about it. And he said, look, you guys, I give, I'm giving you this as an illustration. Have confident expectation and firm persuasion in God. And then he said, and here's what you do. You speak to your mountains. He was dispatching them to reach the Roman Empire. He was calling them to the Mediterranean world and eventually would come all the way to Chesterfield Valley and all the way onto live stream 2,000 years plus later and because they got a hold of this pattern. But the pattern continues. It says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his or her heart, but believes those things that he or she says will come to pass or happen. They'll have whatever they say or it'll be granted to you. So that's a, how many of you appreciate that verse? And in Zechariah 4, we, these mountains are removed with shouts of grace, grace to it. So I'll tell you, the faith life is a thing of grace. It's a gift from God. Uh, Ephesians 2.8 says, we're saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. The grace is a gift of God. Faith is a gift of God. And it's not according to our works. It's, it's, it's a, an amazing provision. And uh, uh, that nobody could boast, but yet we do boast in God's goodness. We speak to our mountains. Mountains can be removed. If you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you would move it. Now, the next point, number three, talks about and discusses prayer. It goes into verse 24. And it says in, in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, uh, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and they will be granted you. So there, there's something about praying, believing, and receiving. Say it. Praying, believing, and receiving. So this, this is uh, really an invitation by Jesus. Hey, have faith in God. Uh, you, you know, use that spirit of faith to command your mountains to be removed. Speak and command demons to flee. Uh, pray, and then it goes into prayer. And, and it, God invites us into this faith-filled interaction called prayer. And he says, when you pray, believe, you receive when you pray. Yeah. And uh, I listened to a pastor from California. And uh, he said that he would go into his prayer closet, Matthew 6, 6. But you go into your closet, close the door. Jesus just said in Matthew 6, don't be like the Pharisees showing off with your prayer life. Prayer is really important, but it's not a thing you show off with. It's actually a very personal, really profound uh, invitation to connection with God. Uh, and, and, and he said, close the door, pray to your father who's in secret, and the father that sees in secret will reward you. One translation says will reward you openly. And this guy said that this is what he did. He would go pray, and he, when he prayed, that's when he believed he'd received and he said he'd go out of that environment and he'd go out into the daily life and he'd get hit with all kinds of challenges and struggles and get his faith challenged. And he would say, now, wait a minute. When I prayed, I believed I received. 
And so while everything was trying to shake him up, he went back and referenced that point. I have faith in God, and I just spoke to my mountains, and I just prayed, believed, and received. And so it's not going to be pried out of my hands because it's in God's hands anyway, and I'm trusting him. But then it gives a major caveat in verse 25. It says, have faith in God, speak to your mountains, pray, believe, and receive. Uh, But then it says, and when you stand praying, whenever you stand praying, forgive Everybody say forgive. If you have, look at this, anything against anyone. And uh, (laughs) that's powerful. Look at the rest of the verse. We might as well read it. So that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. So we have to understand that forgiveness is a huge component uh, in the faith life. And uh, we've got to give up resentment, and we've got to persevere and press on with the Lord. Now, here's the example in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and I'm going to read verse 21 through 35, New American Standard. Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, "Uh, well, yeah, I, I don't say to you even up to seven times, But 70 times 7, do the math, how much is that? 490. So I heard somebody preach that actually Jesus was saying 490 times per offense per day, per person. You know, so uh, 490, like, you know, he said seven times? Like, do I have to forgive him seven times? Thinking he was so gracious. And uh, he said, but Jesus was actually making a point of forgiveness being... um, a lifestyle and an inclination of heart and, uh, uh, for, and, and something that we need to really understand is, is an imperative. He said in verse 20, 23, he gives, for this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, His Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had in repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. The Lord of that slave felt compassion. Everybody say compassion. And released him and forgave him the debt. Felt compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. So that the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves right after this. Actually, it says, but that that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, have patience with me and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in the prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when the fellow slave saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported that to their Lord all that had happened. Then summoning him, the Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? 
the Lord moved with anger, handed him over, look at this, to the tor torturers or the tormentors until he should pay back or repay all that was owed him. Said in verse 35, my heavenly father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from his heart. This is an admonition from Jesus to the disciples and urging them when, upon Peter's question, how many times should we forgive people? And Jesus came to forgive sins, right? And so he wants his followers to really get this. And God's called us to really understand the power of forgiveness. Um, we understand the power of unforgiveness. And, and I heard this. Uh, Hannah Moore said, a, a Christian will find it cheaper to pardon than to resent. Forgiveness saves the expense of anger, the cost of hatred, and the waste of spirits. I love what, the way she words this. Forgiveness saves the expense of anger. See, the Bible says the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And the, it, one of the deeds of the flesh is sudden outbursts of anger. There, we're seeing uh, uh, angry behavior right now. My wife and I were in a, uh, a, a high, like a, a, a long-running department store that's famous for service, that has an amazing culture. And the manager of the store walked up to me and said, Entered and just said, Pastor Jeff, and you know, she said, I'm going to be bold. I need you to pray for my staff here. They're tired. They, they work so hard. We're, you know, we've come through all that we've come through, but they're tired. And she said this, and people are mean. And I said, okay, I'll pray, you know. And, and uh, this place is actually so famous for its culture that I actually asked uh, one of their high-up uh, uh, executive leaders to come speak to our volunteers a few years ago. And I, I thought, this is, this is the dilemma we're facing right now. In Peter's time, he's saying, should we forgive seven times seven? And those cycles keep happening. You know, and we're not in Peter's time sequence now, we're in ours. And we need this every bit as much as any other generation. And he that's forgiven much loves much. And God wants us to develop a heart toward forgiveness. Um, remember the, the, when the guy pleaded his case with his master, he felt compassion and he forgave him as dead and he released him. And uh, this is, a Christian will find it cheaper to pardon than to resent. Resentment is a trap. And, uh, but forgiveness will, will, will save that expense. And... Uh, the cost of hatred, you know. God doesn't want us to be haters. I remember when B Justin Bieber, years ago, he got, a, got an award, and he was going through some struggles. And I remember he came out, I think, with his backwards hat and his baggy pants, and he got up to the mic, and he grabbed, and he said, this is for all the haters. And then he walked off. You know, he's a teenager, you know. But there are haters out there, so what do we do? What do we do about it? Well, we are not to be overcome by evil, but we're to get strategic and learn how to overcome evil with good. And, uh, you know, also, you know, it says that it, it, the, the, Hannah Moore said, a Christian will find it cheaper to pardon than to resent. Forgiveness saves the expense of anger. Anger doesn't get anything really accomplished. Be angry and sin not. It doesn't work the righteousness of God, the cost of hatred, uh, or the waste 
of spirits. In Galatians, it says, don't bite and devour one another, lest you be consumed by one another. And um, husbands should love their wives as fellow heirs of the grace of life and treat them right, lest our prayers be hindered. So this teaching affords us a moment where we can see that walking in forgiveness, it pleases God. Um, it's a lovely thing. And it also accommodates uh, and, and makes the anointing, uh, uh, it makes it more conducive for us to flow in a higher level of power. Where We're all praying for revival. This is a revival message. We need to repent of unforgiveness. And, God, we, and, and, and I'll just tell you what I think about it. It's a journey of many steps. Forgiveness, in psychological sense, uh, is the intentional and voluntary process. The intentional and voluntary process by which one who may initially feel victimized undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding a given offense and overcomes negative emotions such as resentment and vengeance. I'll repeat that. In psychological sense, the, it's, this is the intentional and voluntary process by which one who may initially feel victimized undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding a given offense and overcomes negative emotions such as resentment and vengeance. I don't think Diane would mind me saying that she had a terrific loss in her young life. And um, her now it was your, was your husband, and he was murdered. And somebody, a lady walked up to you in that moment of your bereavement and grief and urged you, you need to get vengeance. But you had in that moment an epiphany where you just realized, I can't go there. And so many years ago, this sweet woman, her granddaughter just got water baptized. Well, you know, there's so much story behind that little girl being baptized. This lady made a vital decision way back when, when somebody actually encouraged her to ramp up contempt and bitterness. And she had to make a quality decision. And I'm certain that it, it was that initial deliverance from God helped her in that moment but it has to be an intentional and voluntary process. It's a journey of many steps, yeah. right? Yeah. I never knew that about her. She was candid with me. I hope it's okay I shared that. It's, a, it's, it's her testimony. It's, you should hear it from her. It's, it's amazing that you think about it. How do you do that? How does somebody do that? And we're looking at a culture that is um, developing a victim mentality. We're looking at a culture that is seizing upon um, narcissistic, nihilistic uh, sense of entitlement, uh, and, and resentment is becoming uh, pretty, pretty high uh, ranking in the, in the sentiments of the people. But it's, it ought not be named so amongst us. See, as, as Jesus followers... We got inside information that he gave us, he forgave us like an 800 zillion dollar debt. And we look at what's happened around us and we need to realize that, that 
that's nothing compared to the, the damnable sin that we were living in that was holding us and keeping us away from God and would have sent us straight to hell. And we've got to keep remembering, but for the grace of God go I. And it's an intentional and voluntary pr process. Marilyn Hickey is a terrific Bible teacher in her 90s now. And she, I heard her say this from this pulpit. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a process. It's, I mean, it's a decision. It's decisional, not emotional. She said forgiveness is decisional, not emotional. I'm certain that Diane's emotions were just frayed. I'm certain that 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 woman was assigned by the devil to get up in her face and try to steer her away from her destiny. And by the grace of God, there was this quotient of, I can't go there, I can't. Uh, she shared this with me. I just kind of just stood there and just listened like, wow, how did you do that? It's, a, it's God's grace. And God's grace is available to us how many of you in here have ever been offended or you've been the offender? Let me see your hands. I'm not going to ask you which one you were more of, the, the receiver. or the. But if, if the truth be told, the Bible says it's inevitable that offenses will come. And so we need to overcome these negative attitudes and we need to conquer resentment because resentment is a trap and it's a prison and it's an anointing inhibitor. So we need to make a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings uh, toward a person or toward a group of people who have harmed us or who we perceive as such, regardless of whether they actually deserve our forgiveness or will ever express any remorse for their actions. I, I, heard, I read a book that a guy, I thought it was such a well-put point that... Um, you know, when you go and, you, and you're trying to work with somebody to get them to, you know, you're trying to work to resolve and they don't uh, express remorse and you get angry about it, it just showed you still need to, you still have to work on your forgiveness. And, uh, you know, so it's really to err as human, to forgive is divine. I think what happened with Diane was she would acknowledge it was a deliverance from God for her whole future. She could have carried that. She could still be carrying that. She could be out there beating a drum with such resentment and such vitriol that, uh, you know, it would have bogged her down and she, it, this wouldn't, we wouldn't see the, the outcomes that we're seeing now the, and, and, and the breakthrough that we're seeing now. But Jesus came to exonerate and to forbear and to release. You know, we sing, I hear the chains falling. Well, we've got to, we forge the chains that bind us sometimes. It's these, some of these forged chains are carrying uh, and harboring resentment. I remember I was praying for a lady, and I had a prophetic word for her, and it was demonic what was going on in her life. And I, I, I had a word for her, you got to forgive them. And she, she said, I will not forgive them. It became, like, I could realize it was like a demonic stronghold in addition to her uh, hurts. And uh, listen, man, uh, uh, Jesus didn't say to Peter about the 70 times 7, it depends on the gradations of the offenses. He's basically saying, look, man, um, we need to forgive. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. This is just a, such a strong message here. You guys good? Yeah. Everybody cool? Yeah. Is everybody repenting while I'm, while I'm preaching? <laughs> good. Let, let all bitterness, look what it says here in verse 30, chapter 4. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then it says, 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Boy, how the world would be so instantly improved if all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander was put away. Along with all malice, the Bible says in Titus 3.2, speak evil of no man, malign no one. Malign is the root word for malignant. We all know cancer is, a, is, a, is an evil thing. But these are spiritual components that have, hold a parallel to that in terms of damage and detriment. And, and, and even, you know, the, the, there's a wasting disease in the white-tailed deer population. It's called wasting disease. And they just diminish into nothing. Beware of biting and devouring one another lest you be consumed by one another. The devil knows what I'm preaching right now better than I'm preaching it. He knows how to bait people into the trap. And uh, uh, better than I, I know how to preach you out of it. But still, the anointing will make the difference. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. I know how formidable our enemy is. And I know that if we'll get a hold of this and we'll release people... Um, it, it will, it, 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 we will find it cheaper to pardon than to resent. Hallelujah. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing to be a really good forgiver. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So it says here, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Now, what is this? Is this the sissification of the church? Is this be a bunch of wimps? No. The, the true love walk takes a considerable amount of bravery. It takes, a, it takes personal restraint. That's why I, I think it's, it's appropriate to acknowledge that it's a journey of many steps and that it's it has to be intentional and voluntary in our process. It's decisional. I think what Marilyn Hickey said was right. It's not emotional. It's decisional. I choose today to walk the love walk. And I choose maybe 490 times per offense, per person, per day to walk the love walk. And I'm going to get over this, right? And I forgive. I forgive because I've been forgiven much. Hallelujah. So we need to get rid of all bitterness, don't we? Root of bitterness will spring up and cause trouble, and by it many are defiled. Rage. There are rageaholics in the world. Brawling, slander. But we need to be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as, just as in Christ God forgave us. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven us. So how did God in Christ also forgive us? It was supernatural. It was complete. It was deliberate. It was intentional. And it's ongoing. And that's the same thing that Jesus wants us to do. And that as we get over our offenses, we get over our hurts. Oh, I, you know, I had them. Yesterday I laughed. I had some doozies. It was, it was funny. I even asked somebody their opinion about it. Because I thought, I don't want to jump to a conclusion. They said, they said, oh, yeah, this made me mad. I said, okay, all right. So now we're both of us. Now we both have to. Why did I, why did I ask? Well, I, I asked because I, I was thinking, is this what I think it is? Yeah, it is. 
And, um, but I'm already over it. I'm already over it. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and what? Walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God uh, as a fragrant aroma. Hallelujah. I mean, I just don't want to raise a stink. I want to be pleasing to the Lord, and I don't want to have a bitterness or wrath or railing or brawling or loud insulting language or the you know just this violent thing that we're seeing god has called us to walk in forgiveness my wife and i got invited to a presentation of a film documentary of that heinous thing that happened in the south in mississippi where guy went in with a gun and shot people in a prayer meeting and uh, the place was filled with dignitaries and uh, very interesting people and uh, the people from that church you know they they basically said you picked the wrong group of people if you wanted to stir bitterness and there was one lady, he's got the death sentence, the guy, and she was praying. He did, she didn't want him to have the death sentence because he's an atheist and he's a hater. And she said, I just want him to have more time to get saved. And, uh, and I, 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 I walked away from that very impacted by the attitude and the culture of that, of that group of people from that particular local church. And it reminded me of how merciful and how good God is. Compassion in the place of contempt. And um, look, I've been like you, you know, I've seen some things in my life. I've seen the results of the Serbians hating the Kosovars. I was, you know, I grew up near the Watts riots when I was a kid. You know, one of my relatives got hit by a rock, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, you grow up with that. My school was shut down for two weeks with racial tension between Hispanic students and uh, Caucasian students over nothing. It was all, as I recall, stupid, like all this stuff is. But you know what, it really, just in the short, just, just abbreviated assessment, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We know that 2 Corinthians 4.4 is correct, doctrine, that the devil is the small g God of this world. But yet, we also know in 1 John chapter 5 that this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And who has overcome the world but he that believes Jesus is the Son of God. So we are ripping forgivers. We are inclined toward and taking the high road. I don't know how God, you know, I don't know where Diane was at. And where were you at in your walk with God at that time? Were you even a Christian yet? Yes, she, she was inclined towards spiritual things and had a relationship with God in a vague sense, but wasn't yet even born again. But yet God visited her because he loved her so much when that lady was a lady that talked to you and said, you, like, you really have a case here. You have a right to hate these men, and you have a right to seek revenge. And, and we may have rights, like with... Uh, my, our dad dying of medical negligence at the hospital down the street, it was crazy. It was crazy behavior. I watched it. I begged the other doctors. The doctor was so cold-hearted. 
I think he was on medication. I don't know. And I had to really work through forgiveness. I think I was so attached to my dad. And I had doctors tell me and professionals tell me, similar to that, you have a case, you know, you should, you know, and, and, and it, was a, it was a breathtakingly hard moment for me uh, because I was so attached to that stepdad that raised me up, had a, had a spirit-filled mother who prayed me into the kingdom of God, and then I watched uh, indifferent, uh, you know, just, just a guy not doing his job. Well, here, this lady loses her husband tragically to murder, and a lady comes up. Was she somewhat official? She was with victims of crime, so she's coming to help establish her with a victim mentality. You know, the guy, one, one doctor told me that we had a case that would have paid for the whole development of our church, you know, if I had got, gone to, to do it. So what an incentive. So what I'm, I'm up here practicing what I'm preaching right now. This is not, the, what I'm saying is not easy. And some of us have been really severely hurt. There are some stories in here similar to Diane's in here, or mine, or worse. Uh, but in all cases, God's requiring us to look up to him when you're seeing cycles and situations and people around you uh, and you're wondering what to do, man, fight to stay in the love walk. When that man, you know, the man, my, mom, my dad was still alive and in front of my mother in the waiting room said, should we have an autopsy, would you like to order an autopsy on his head? I was so sci-fi crazy. I looked at him and I, my mom said, what did he say? I said, never mind, mom, there's something wrong with him. Don't, don't even, you know. And I had to, I remember that while we're grieving the loss of my dad. He's, and he wanted to do that, I think, so it would divert the attention away from where he failed and to have us do it. Isn't that amazing? Manipulating me while my dad's dying and I'm pastoring the church. I came here and I preached at the three services and went in the back room and wept, fell down and wept in between the services. Jesus strengthened me. I came back out and preached. We had spent nights in the hospital. He was, to me, 76. He was underage. Uh, it was a terrible loss. Okay? Pastor Jeff, why are you working yourself up? To make a point that, that none of us are off the hook. We've, we've, we've all, we all need this word. And the devil wants to get us. You have a right. You should be justified. You have justifiable means to be resentful. Look. The news cycle, if it bleeds, it leads. There's manipulation going on to get us agitated. And we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit in this hour. We're called to important, strategic, eternal things. And we've got to make that our aim. Pastor Jeff, why didn't you say this about this social issue at this time? Uh, if you would perform adequately and say this exactly the way I want you to say this, maybe I'll grace you with my presence and I'll stay around a little while longer griping and agitating other people on the websites. I'll use my social media fingers to agitate people with this polarization and add to it. That's not the call on the body of Christ. The call on the body of Christ is a cohesive flow of subservience to him to preach the gospel to every creature and to get on with it. Hallelujah. You may not like that, everything about that, but I'm not in a popularity contest. I've been a pastor long enough. I work, God, God, God's had to crucify this out of me over and over and over again. Just yesterday, somebody challenged me. If you would just do this right, I'll like you. 
If you just perform this way, you're, I'll, best, I'll just bestow my appreciation on you. But if you don't perform the way I think you should perform, I'm going to make you feel terrible about yourself. Why are you laughing? My feelings are hurt. <laughs> well, you're laughing because this happens. You say, Pastor Jeff, why are you going off on this? I'm not even upset. I'm really not. I'm trying to illustrate a point. And I, I live with me all the time. I live with all this ridiculous set of circumstances all the time. It's I, like I just laugh. My, my wife said, what are you laughing about? Take your pick, I said. You know, there were like eight things yesterday. It's like, this has been an interesting day, you know. But it's a conscious, deliberate, decisional thing to release feelings of resentment toward persons or groups. I walked away and I had to pray for that doctor. I figured he was on on uh, medication, he'd seem like a zombie. Uh, I, I prayed nobody else would be, there'd be no more detriment. The other doctors that came in the next morning were so angry at what had, the negligence that had taken place, but then they all worked to cover everything and cover each other, right? That created a whole set of circumstances. And so, you know, I hesitate to say who and where and all that, but I'm just saying that this hurt so badly and I miss, I miss my dad. He would only be 93 if he was still alive right now, and he was pretty cool. And I, you know, he would be laughing, and he would be supportive. He was one of the most committed guys in our church when it comes to, came to the vision and kind of the culture of it. And uh, we really lost out. You know, he was, he, it, it was quite a loss. And, and, and no, I didn't order an autopsy for his head. And no, I didn't get an attorney and sue and do that whole thing. And you should sometimes, there's validity in numbers about the whole process that's laid out. That's actually for, for uh, coverage and for, there is a value to that. You know, I had such a pushback on it, but I now see there's biblical uh, uh, necessity for some of those things sometimes. But in this case, I knew it would have just inflamed my already broken heart and it would have hampered my leadership when I, in my family, with my kids, my marriage, and my church, Right? So some things are more important than other things. 13 or 14 million dollars or the anointing. Which one do you want? Right? Wow. That's intense. And uh, so, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> it's all good, right? So uh, I want to close with... Uh, with uh, uh, you guys standing up and we're praying. I want to pray that God will strengthen us and help us. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor. Look, you might be mad at yourself. You might be mad at somebody that's just hurt you. Let me ask you something. Who in here has ever been hurt? Who's ever hurt anybody? Who's ever said something wrong? Who's ever sinned? Let him who's never sinned cast the first stone. In fact, I've developed an awareness that, God, I don't want to be that guy that was negligent. That when I begged him to help, I said, you don't understand. This man has such a high threshold of pain. There's something here different. It's just heart surgery, idiot. That's basically what he said to me. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Please, sir. And my brother and I waited all night trying to figure out. And it was just all locked down. People were lazy. They went home. They didn't care. It was indifferent. And I don't take people to that hospital. I drive past that hospital. Just that's my personal thing. It's just like that's just not the hospital in the area that I would recommend. 
But I talked to somebody, well, they're all, every hospital has these problems. So, okay. The, the, the bottom line is, uh, am I going to get like on the, where were you? Like on the courthouse steps or where were you? Yeah. It was front steps of the courthouse in her case of a murder case of her husband. And the lady, official lady, is brokering. This is a moment for you to get, you are justifiable to get bitter and get even. And she, and, and what was your, what was your, uh, what did you feel like you had to do at that moment? Well, the sun was coming up. It was in the morning. And it was sun, and it was early. She was pregnant, and her husband had been murdered. She looked up to God when the sun was coming up at that early moment, I guess going to court, and she said, I don't want to spend the rest of my life hating these men. See, I don't hate that doctor, and I know my dad's present with the Lord, but aren't you glad Diane made that decision? Because tonight, we're all here, and we just saw her granddaughter get water baptized and serious about Jesus. That's the outcome of that. The outcome of the bitterness, the outcome of a contempt, you see how it's burning cities down. You see how people are justifiably going nuts. And so we that have been redeemed have to develop a godly, Jesus-shaped rationale and fend off. I think by you seeing what I just shared, you know that's I'm still hurt by what happened. My life has never been the same since. I miss my dad every day. And the way he died, it just wasn't right. The way... Her husband died, it just wasn't right. The way Christians sometimes treat each other, it's often just not right. And yet, nevertheless, we have got to pursue these higher aims that Jesus actually put right there embedded in, have faith in God, speak to your mountains, when you pray, believe you receive, and oh, by the way, when you stand praying, forgive. So you guys, if you want to see a revolution, you want to see a, a cultivation of revival, you want to see the nations change, you want to see harvest come, we've got to hunker down on this area like this young lady in that mo mo moment when the sun was coming up and even in her, before she was even born again, she says, God, I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life holding these men in contempt and being resentful. Now she would have been put in the trap, right? Let's lift up our hands to heaven. Lord, forgive us. Joseph forgave his brothers for selling him to slavery and treating him like dirt. We forgive our brothers and sisters. We forgive. God, I don't think that doctor's even alive anymore, but I forgive. I refuse to harbor resentment. Lord, we forgive. We walk in love. We forgive. We, we let all bitterness, all wrath, all anger, all clamor be put away from us. And Lord, we just thank you that you've forgiven us our $500 billion debt. And so, God, we're going to walk in love. And I pray, God, a supernatural love revolution from the body of Christ throughout the world. I'm trusting you tonight, Lord, that the nations are going to be reached. Right now in France, there are thousands of gypsies gathered together in a big evangelistic outreach. A huge vast group of gypsies gathered all throughout Europe coming into France celebrating who Jesus is. God, I thank you for the different cultures that are being reached by the power of the gospel.
even right now, all over the world, Lord, there are things happening all over the world. This great, wonderful, happy local church filled with Jesus, filled with strength, walking in faith, trusting God. We trust you that what we do in here has eternal outcome and it also impacts the nations around us that our, our region is touched by the power of God. We thank you we have favor and safety surrounding us in Chesterfield Valley, in the St. Louis Bi-State area, in Missouri and Illinois. God, I pray the move of the Holy Spirit in North America. I rebuke you, devil, over the United States of America in the name of Jesus. And God, we trust you for mighty outpouring. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.